Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you from my land home in Pennsylvania. Um, I have a really great guest today, Lori Thomas Ross. She's a marketing optimization expert, coach, speaker, educator, and lifestyle business owner, which is one of the reasons I was attracted to her. And she loves supporting intentional leaders. She's the CEO, which is the chief enthusiasm officer of web marketing therapy. And she is known as the marketing therapist. I love that. You know how much I'm into branding. <laughs> I said, I got I to gotta interview Lori. Um, so anyway, web marketing therapy is a full service marketing agency that diagnoses, prescribes, and guides healthy marketing solutions. Folks, I want you to just Go listen to that sentence again, because this is all about marketing and branding. That is so well done. Web marketing therapy work in, ensures marketing um, treats the cause which uh, versus just band-aiding symptoms. So all marketing pieces are a sound investment, which is great. As I said, she's also known, Lori's also known as the marketing therapist for her healthy advice, stress-free guidance, and tough love approach. I know it's going to be a great interview. Lori, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Great to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. And I've, you know, sometimes I feel like I feel like a kid in a candy store and I get to talk to somebody like you because <laughs> especially I don't know, you you've been doing this a while, I'm guessing. And sometimes you come across a uh some promotional one sheet or something and he goes, Wow, it's gonna be great. And you quickly find out it was written by a pro and it's the first in the person's first interview. That's not the case with you. Not I know I'm case. talking to somebody who's a real professional and somebody who totally gets branding and marketing. Um, I, I mentioned right before we came on, I think this is 548 episode. And so I've been on the air for like 10 years and people have told me they love two parts of my podcast. Well, not two parts, but there's two sides. They love the the learning of the strategies, the marketing, you know, wisdom, but they also love the inspirational stories because we all go through stuff, you know, what brought us to become an entrepreneur and, and that whole journey. So my first question is typically, are you a first generation entrepreneur in your family or did you by any chance have parents or grandparents that kind of showed you the way? I am a first generation entrepreneur and I don't know if I've ever been asked that. And I don't know if I've ever really thought about that, but I've made jokes over the years that, I mean, for, for decades, especially on my stepdad's side of the family, they just thought I was unemployed. They were just, they didn't get it. And <laughs> I, it was a cousin of a cousin posted on one of my YouTube videos. Wow. You've really done well for yourself. I was like, okay, can we pretend that like, at least pretend that you all didn't think that, but yes. Um, what I am, you know, I'm, I'm a family of my dad was a master machinist. What I am doing, you know, I'm, I'm in a family of teachers. My sister's a chemist. I'm one of those quote unquote weird business owner siblings. So yeah. And the, and the family doesn't really get what you do, right? I mean, no. yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> no. When my, when my sister had uh, her, her daughter, I said, Hey, you know, if you want to learn what I do, you could have a great lifestyle business, work from home. And she said, I could never do what you do. 
Yeah. And it made me think, what do you think I do? Right. You know, <laughs> but that's the thing with marketing is that there's this, sometimes there's a stigma of like, oh, you're in marketing and no, I'm, I'm in the relationship business. So. So Lori, did you go to school? Did you go to college or for marketing or, or did you go like for an accounting and just ditch that? <laughs> oh my gosh, the... Jim, I am a dot-com kid. I was in retail management. I sold couture and did personal shopping for Saks Fifth Avenue. I um, dropped out of college because I was on my own at 18. I had a client in the fitting room who encouraged me to just try to, you know, just quit my job and like not to further my education and go make money on the internet. And this was 1999. And that's a whole other podcast where we can talk about those stories. But I was in online advertising. So full transparency, I'm a recovering salesperson. And I sold banner ads in the dot-com boom when no one asked for applications. No one knew how old I wasn't. Uh, no one knew I didn't have a college degree. And I drank from a fire hose and I learned the world of CPM and CPC and, you know, click-through rates and cost per conversion. And this is pre-Google, right? I sound so old saying this. It was my first email address ever in my whole life. I had to write a bunch of stuff down and fake it and go beg people to teach me stuff, you know, on, on breaks and stuff. So yes, I, um, I have been in this industry since the dot-com boom, wrote it out through the dot-com bust. I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. That's what I did with my dot-com money. I went back to college. So short story long is that I did not originally have a degree. I now have a master's in organizational management. It took me almost eight years to get my undergraduate degree. And I got my master's more out of desire to continue learning. I love educating. Um, even though I got into Berkeley out of high school, um, I you know, parents didn't have the funds to support that. I ended up teaching for Berkeley Extension years later. I taught web and social media and entrepreneurial marketing courses. So it's been a really amazing journey and definitely a, not like the other kids life path, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow. I mean, it sounds like you have, I don't know what the expression is. You have so many hash marks or, or stripes on your sleeve <laughs> that we all get. And it's kind of interesting as I'm listening to your story, um, you know, only when you get to be a certain age and yes, I have white hair in my face. It's like you look back and you realize, well, that's why I did that. Oh, that's how that's playing out here. <laughs> I used to be in the franchise business. And one of my things, I was always in marketing, but I would help new franchise owners get going and things like that. Now here I am coaching people in marketing. I think, well, that's why I did that for 10 years. It, and so many of the things you that you've done, Lori, it seems have brought you to where you are now, the marketing therapist. Exactly. And, and my pattern was always optimization. In retail, I was brought in to various struggling departments, whether it was a designer salon in the store that just wasn't performing well, or in a former, former life, running a cosmetics counter, another, you know, get my bum through college job. I would resurrect struggling businesses. And it was all through marketing, even though I don't have a marketing degree. My degree is in communications, and hopefully I'm communicating well with us right now as I say that in jest. How we how we brand build and boost business, I was doing that, not even realizing it. I I just thought of it as customer service and how do I bring in the right clients to, you know work with with the various brands I was I was supporting. And so that was my my jam. And whether I'd get hired in a new company when I did the corporate thing, 
I would make marketing better. And so that's, that was my, that was my jam. And it took me years to, you know, now with my gray hair to go back and look at the patterns. And it didn't matter if I was selling designer clothing or helping an education company or consulting or working for a corporation. It was always in the name of making marketing better. Wow. Um, so, gosh, I have so many questions. I want to cram into this half hour interview. So first of all, um, this is not your first interview. I can tell you're very, very polished. And I don't know if you did before COVID, did you out and do speaking or like, I mean, you just, you, you know, your topic so well, and you just, the way you, and I'm, and believe me as a marketer, I'm catching certain things that you're saying. Like I was all over your blog this morning, healthy marketing, wealthy organizations, marketing optimization, no, no dependency, all these words that have to do with your brand web marketing therapy. So well done. So oh, I'm paying you a big compliment there more than a question, but um, I, I do want to ask you a question. One of the, I think it was a blog post, something about lowering the stress, because I think one of the things that so many entrepreneurs and small business owners, they just stress out so bad about their marketing, especially social media. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to do a podcast. I got a silly voice and I don't have time to create content. And if I do, I don't know what to create. I mean, is in a, do you is that the kind of um, lowering of the temperature, so to speak, you help your clients with? Absolutely. We are in the solutions business. We are not selling services. And that's okay. where I really get frustrated. Uh, there's consultants and there's insultants, right? And I'm sure you can agree with me on that one. <laughs> and I always say to clients, you know, if you want, if you want someone to come crap all over you and make you feel bad, like go get a seagull, they're cheaper. When it comes to how to approach marketing, there is that overwhelm. Yes, it's exciting that there's so many options. There's web, there's SEO, there's social, there's paid search. There's so many great pathways, but where on earth do you start? And as we're running our businesses, trying to navigate all these things, that's where the, the mindset needs to shift from like, oh, what service or should I do social or should I do email? The question is first and foremost, how and who do we want to create meaningful relationships with? And, you know, to your point about speaking, I've had no professional speaking training. I'm a teacher. That was how I got into this, this world of, of mm, speaking is interesting. I'm a professional explainer and how you, we help people understand is the foundation of everything that we do at web marketing therapy. So much to the point where taking the stress out of marketing, I will never forget being in my classroom with a bunch of entrepreneurs. It was a Saturday afternoon in San Francisco. I tell the class they can do whatever they want for their final, that this is their education to claim. I think I'm the coolest teacher. I watch eyeballs bug out and shoulders, you know, scrunch up. And I was like, what on earth is going on? And they're like, I'm just not good at selling myself or, oh, I just, I don't know what, what tools to use and da, da, da. And I, I just stopped the class. And I said to one student, help me understand what your audience needs to understand. And they'd answer my question. I turned to someone else, help me understand what makes your organization different and why you're the right choice. And these answers would flow. It's just education, right? If mm. we stop thinking cheesy salesperson, you know, um, marketing tactics, and we start shifting our mindset to education, so much so that I wrote M A R K E D for education, I N G on the on the whiteboard, and watched my class cringe as their teacher can't spell marketing, but marketing, marketing with an educational focus, mashing up those words. That is our North Star, our guiding light of how we help our clients start to decide what to choose and 
what paths to take is is looking at educating their audience in the name of building really meaningful relationships. You know, what's interesting is um, as somebody who's been marketing for decades now, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I, I want to ask a question. Hopefully it's not intrusive, but what you're saying makes so much sense, but it also seems like high level stuff. How do you how do you explain unless you get all your clients through referral and they just flat out want to work with you? How do you explain what you do to to your prospects? Great, great um, point to clarify. So I do get healthy referrals. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not it's not quantity, it's quality. And I approach every conversation just as that. Let's see how or if we can support each other. There are times where I'll say, you know, you've got great employees and I, I just keep doing that. Or, you know what, your web firm's actually really serving you well. And I've also, I'll, I've had clients where I've, I've said, you're not ready to do marketing yet. And they're like, what did you just say? And I said, look, mm. not with me, but I wouldn't go with anyone else yet because right now you've read too many books and you've taken too many webinars and you're brain is so full of questions and shoulds and you know lack of clarity that you're going to get taken for a ride if you do this and so some of it is intuition some of it is just diagnostic work uh, it's listening it's understanding so for for us it's it's all about being you know in in a solution mindset and having a conversation respect is reciprocal and I'm not the right fit for everybody. I mean, come on, if someone doesn't think marketing therapy is like a funny name or like, you know, they don't have a sense of humor, they're not my ideal client. And that's mm. that's part of our brand and anyone's brand is to make sure that you're being authentic so that you are attracting ideal clients. And there's there's many folks that just are not a match and, and that's okay. You know, if, if I can have a great conversation and point them in the right direction, then I've done my job. Yeah. You know, I saw a meme the other day and it, cause it really is about who you should be working with and, and who you shouldn't be. And you should be okay. Not working with those people. And I saw this meme, which is, I think just illustrative of our, just our, our whole social fabric today, but there's two desks and one guy was sitting there all by himself, nobody in line. And it was like, how to, how to live a long, healthy, healthy life through good eating, exercise, et cetera. And then the other, um, I'm paraphrasing it, but the other desk said, here's a pill to make you feel better. And there was like 20, <laughs> there was a long line of people. I said, isn't that, it? I mean, that is really society today. And I think with marketing, especially with online marketing, social media, people just, I, I I don't think I coined the phrase, but microwave success. They they well, if I can cook a meal in two minutes and twenty seconds, even if it doesn't taste great, it's better than nothing. They think that's what social media is going to be doing for them, right? Right. Well, and it's just like that that movie Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. Womp womp. That's not how it's going to go. And those tools are just tools, right? One one TikTok video is not going to go viral and and make it work. If if someone says to me, "Gosh, you know, if I work with this social media company or if I hire this PR firm, I hope it will work," I say, "Hold the phone." If you if you are rolling the dice and holding your breath and hoping it's going to work out, not not the wise way to to make a decision, right? You know, we can't put all of our eggs in one basket. We have a five-factor framework that we layer over all of our marketing and it's it's credibility, no like and trust, usability, people who get to your site or blog or social getting the right people through, visibility, right? You can be the best at what you do but no one knows, there's no point. Sellability, 
why you versus someone else. And that's voicing your value and your values. And then the last piece is scalability. It's investing versus spending. Mm. Um, I think, I think I was reading one of your blog posts, why marketing positivity pays off. I remembered that. Do you, can you take a minute or two and talk about that? I had so much fun writing that one. Yes. Mm -hmm. The power of positivity. And in the blog post, I do say that no, no fake stuff, right? If being honest can still be positive, success comes in cans, failure comes in cans. We, we're in the problem solving business all day long. How do we look at problems, but also look at ways to identify solutions and the way that we present ourselves personally and professionally being positive is how we attract clients that, you know, no one wants to play on a losing team and no one wants to play with a losing company. And if you talk to someone and say, Hey, how are things going? And you go, Oh, well, business is really tough and all that. Are you going to hire that person? Probably yeah. not. Right. You're like, I'm not getting on a sinking ship. So being positive is it's about being genuine, of course. I remember during the recession, someone asked me, you know, this is what, 20, whatever. And they said, how are things going, Lori? Expecting me to give a sad response. And I said, you know, I'm really grateful to be doing the work I'm doing and wouldn't be doing it any other way. And yeah, was business tough at some point? Sure. But being positive also allowed my business to thrive during tough economic times. And so how we communicate via email, even via text, our social media posts, if we are educating with solutions and helping our audience understand things, all of that is a positive approach to marketing. And that includes a positive approach to who we work with too. How do we, how do we partner with the people that are, are, our solution providers? Are we collaborating with our web team and our social team? I, I, you know, there, business is not all cake and roses all the time, but how do we do it in a way where there's, there's, you know, always looking into the future? Yeah. I call that um, staying in your lane um, mm -hmm. for my marketing and what I, the content I put out there, the teaching that I do is all based on how to grow your dream business. You can live your dream lifestyle, how to use different marketing in a positive way, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I see so many people, especially in the last you know few years or so, they may share some good things because they might have a talent, but they're also dipping their toe on social media and other, in other ways into these hot button topics on the public forum. <laughs> you know, we know what they all are. And I'm like, I don't do that. And, and first of all, I think people remember the negative way more than the positive. That's my own, my own thought there. But I also think who, who the hell cares what Jim Palmer thinks about X, Y, and Z. <laughs> they come to me, they're attracted to me for marketing and, and, and hopefully some inspirational advice on, on, you know, how to have a, a better life through a better business. So I call it staying in your lane, but I think we're on the same page there. Absolutely. And uh, I believe it was the Maya Angelou quote, the people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's where I, I like in the consultants to insultants. It, when when you're doing what you do professionally with passion and purpose, that positivity naturally plays into all of that, and it it just flows. Yeah. I know I mentioned earlier your 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 language lower the stress, which I think is helpful. So um, 
got room for maybe one one or two more questions. What's your, I mean, what's the overall view on social media? I think people get so stressed about that. Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be doing their, you know, their DMs? Should I be on Facebook, Instagram? Should I be doing the reels? Should I be doing boom, boom, and named five other things, which I think ultimately causes a lot of stress, but it's also a great way to be ineffective. So in, in two or three minutes, what's your what's your thesis on social media these days? Social media is here to stay. And whether it's your personal brand, which is a big part of our business, and a lot of leaders forget that, or for our business, it social media does support credibility, usability, visibility, sellability, scalability. But the question of what should I be using and how many times should I be posting? And I hear I should be posting once a day. And I say bunk. As a professional, serving other professionals, I ask a very personality-centric question is, you know, what's the tone that you want to set? And if you're a trial lawyer and you're lawyering, you shouldn't be on social media all day long and posting things. I mean, that, that could also send the wrong message that you're not serving clients. People are still going to Google you and social media does support search visibility if you go to someone's Facebook page or end up there and there hasn't been a post for two months, that's not going to work to your advantage, but it's a matter of quality versus quantity. How often should I post when you have something important to say? And blogs are the nucleus of social media marketing and so often overlooked. Blogs live on your website. They're owned by you. They're indexed by the search engines. And blogs are social media because they allow for comments. Therefore, they fit under that channel. And then you have a great blog post. You can share it on LinkedIn. You can share it on Twitter, all the places in different ways, right? Not a robotic carbon copy. But in the name of happy, healthy, wealthy marketing, blog posts can also get repurposed. Fun fact, uh, a lot of the websites we build through Web Marketing Therapy, on the blogs, we remove the date stamp because a great post, like let's say my post on the power of positivity and marketing, I may want to share that in two years, or I may want to send that to a client that might need to hear that, that advice. Yes. I'm going to send that link and great content works again and again and again, taking the stress out of <gasps> what should I put on post or what should I post on post or on social media, going back to your blog and I mean, I can go to my search bar and I can be like, Ooh, I remember writing that post on whatever it is, I can send that to a client in the name of great customer service. I can share that. I can be shared on web marketing therapy, social. So as California girl born and raised, right? I'm a, I'm crunchy. I'm earthy. I'm all about recycling and all the things. Recycling is great for the planet. It's also amazing for your social media marketing. And it just doesn't have to be so bleep and hard. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, blog posts really is the original social media and fair or unfair. When I, when these one sheets and these other, you know, pitches for guests come across, one of the very first things I do is I go to the website and look and click the blog tab. And if the last post they made as a marketer was three years ago, mm -hmm. um, which is, a, as you said, don't, don't put the date on there. If it's evergreen content, just remove the date. But, uh, but it's also a sign to me, like if you, if you're teaching social media and you, you haven't blogged in two years to me, that's like, mm. Not a good thing. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, I I just I knew this would be a great interview, Laura. I would love to have you back sometime, maybe in you know a few months or something. I feel like I barely scratched the surface. Um I'd love to. 
Great. Hopefully we can do that. So I know people are like, don't forget the question, Jim. How can people connect with you? Where do you want them to uh, get all this uh, good, your good blog posts and things like that? Absolutely. Webmarketingtherapy.com. And you can Google Lori Thomas Ross if you want to look at all of my hairstyles over the years. It's fun and funny. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a web woman, so I'm very uh, easily searched and found. Um, I find that folks that message me through LinkedIn, that's always helpful too, and just indicate that you heard the interview and, you know, go from there. But um, I don't know if other speakers and other interviewees have said this, but I always invite people to reach out. I love to connect with, with uh, new contacts. And a lot of times there's that, that, oh, I'm not going to reach out to that person. They might be so busy. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, you know, as an author, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of my greatest things was uh, my fourth book, um, Stop Waiting for It to Get Easier. Um, I just had an inclination. I wanted to get a high powered. Um, I wanted to get a high power forward. And I reached out to um, Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. And but it, I, I'm, I'm in full disclosure, I had to think about it for a day and a half because I'm like, well, who am I <laughs> right, to reach out to Kevin? And, and I sent him the manuscript and little to my great surprise, within 48 hours, he responded, said, I love your I love what you're doing here. I would be honored to be part. Of it. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, the people that we sometimes hold in high regard doesn't mean they're not willing to have a great conversation with you. So anyway, Lori Thomas Ross, what a great guest. Thank you so much for being on Dream Business Radio. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Lori Thomas Ross, the marketing therapist. You can connect with her at webmarketingtherapy.com. It's a great website, lots of great information, really cool blog. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com if you're interested in joining the Dream Business Mastermind. That is my group, and I have about 27 very smart entrepreneurs in there right now. Uh, That is Dream Biz Coaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.